Welcome to training from Scott Ross Online. Scott Ross is a highly sought after and internationally acclaimed personal development and leadership coach who speaks to more than 50,000 people a year. The same strategies he's taught top executives are available to you through programs like this one. We encourage you to take notes and listen to this audio multiple times for maximum results. And now, here's Scott. Good afternoon and welcome to the weekly Scott Ross Leadership Podcast. I appreciate all of you who are on live as well as those of you who are listening around the world on your mobile devices. I am super privileged and honored to be able to speak into your life every single week and uh, my desire and prayers that I would add a ton of value to you. Um, if you are just joining us for the first time, this entire podcast series is available on all of your devices and you can get access to the archives by going to scottrossonline.com that's scottrossonline.com there you can find the instructions for subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform you prefer as well as getting access to all of our past episodes. We have more than 80 episodes in the series, and right now we are in the midst of a discussion on leading from anywhere within your organization. We call it 360-degree leadership, and we are actually in part four of the series today. If you have not uh, been a part of this up to now, I highly encourage you guys to go back and start listening from the first episode because a lot of the principles that apply to leading from anywhere you happen to find yourself in the hierarchy of your organization were talked about right off the top in episode one. In fact, if all you had was episode one, you could figure out leading from anywhere in your organization. But then after episode one, we started talking about the three different positions you can find yourself in. The last two weeks have been spent on leading down in the hierarchy, meaning if you find yourself at the top of a hierarchy or above other people in a hierarchy, what is the optimum way that you can lead from that position? Today, we're going to get into the most common place to find yourself if you're a leader, and that is leading from the middle. This means that in the hierarchy, you've got people who are both above you on the org chart and below you on the org chart. And then next week, we will get into the place that almost everybody starts from, which is leading from the bottom of the organizational chart. And there's some very unique characteristics that you need to understand about starting there at the bottom, and then what you do that starts to move you up the food chain, so to speak. So let's dive into talking about this idea of leading from the middle. And the first thing I want to do is hearken back to principle number three from the very first episode, which was owning your results, owning your results. You know, one of the things that happens at the top of a hierarchy amongst those who are not really leaders, but simply have a title or a position is that they tend to blame the people who are their subordinates for their results. But once you get someone at the higher end of an organizational chart, for the most part, those people understand that they're responsible, and you'll see almost all of the great leaders at the tops of organizations taking responsibility for the organization's results. Where we see the most opportunity for people to blame someone else for the result is when you lead in the middle. See, at the bottom of an organization, you're typically doing tactical 
activities. And so you're given something to do, and if you don't do it, it's really on you, and that's kind of obvious to everyone. At the top of the organization, people see themselves as the captain of the ship, and so even if they don't really believe it, they just have been told it's the right thing to do to take responsibility. And so they'll say things like, you know, this is on me. I'm the CEO. I'm the head of this team. I'm the coach. I'm the quarterback, whatever. But in the middle is where you have a lot of opportunity for blaming others. Because in the middle of the organization, you've got blame game opportunity at three levels. On one level, you can claim that the people above you set you up for failure. They didn't give you the resources you needed. They didn't give you the training that you needed. They weren't clear on the instructions. They were asking for things that were a waste of your time. They were um, sending you down rabbit trails or distracting you or whatever. So you can blame the people above you for not doing the things that you think they should have done to set you up for success. Secondarily, you can blame the people around you. If you're in the middle of an organization, there's no doubt that you're going to have dependencies with those people to your left and to your right. There might be in another department. They might have leadership within the same department. But you're going to have things that they need from you, and you're going to have things that you need from them. And it's going to be very easy to say, oh, well, see, boss, see, world, I would have won. I would have gotten results if only this guy to my left or this gal to my right had done what I needed them to do. But since they didn't, well, no result. But hey, it's not my fault. It's theirs. And then the third level where you have the opportunity to blame is that the people in your team didn't do what you needed them to do. Well, I told them what to do. I mean, I gave them the instructions and they just didn't follow through or they delivered late or they delivered, you know, shoddy workmanship. If I only had better people, if you just give me different people, if I could just find better people, if these, you know, crappy people could get replaced with really world-class people, then, then I'd be winning. Then I would be world-class myself. Well, we can't let ourselves buy in to the nonsense that the people above us are responsible, the people to the side of us are responsible, or the people that God has given us are responsible. Rather, we have to take responsibility. We've got to own the result. Leading from the middle is, no question, a tremendous leadership challenge because there are so many dependencies. But mentally, you've got to make a decision. You've got to resolve to never go there. You're not a victim. You're never going to be a victim. You own your results. And let me tell you what this would look like at a few levels. First of all, If you have poor upper leadership, don't blame them. Compensate for their shortcomings. Take it upon yourself to fill the gap. And you're going to hear me use that phrase several times as we go through this week and next week. Fill the gaps for your leaders. Overcome and compensate for their shortcomings. By the way, In the previous episodes, we talked about the analogy of the bucket of gas and the bucket of water. And man, does this apply here. If leadership is not doing what you really feel like they should be doing in the perfect world, in a utopian environment, what they would do is X, and they're instead giving you Y, 
you need to be bring a bucket of water to that spark and douse it get rid of it do not let that turn into a flame of people complaining least of all you being the lead complainer and then don't join in the chorus of bitchers. Just don't refuse to bitch and moan about stuff. It's just not becoming. It's not what leaders do. I don't care where they are in an organization. If your leaders are not doing what you'd like to do, first of all, own it. Go to them. Have the courage to speak to them directly. We talked about this last week when we talked about leading down that the upper echelons of management and leadership need to be open to receiving questions and feedback from their subordinates. Well, you have to, on the flip side of that, be a person of courage and integrity where instead of starting a gossip campaign or a moaning campaign, you're just going to go straight to the source and communicate what you need and how they can best help you to achieve and succeed. I promise you, your leaders who are above you want you to win. I am almost in, in almost every circumstance, their own success is predicated on you being able to deliver, you having results, you achieving and having success of your own. So for sure they want you to win, and they may just be blind to the fact that there are ways they can help you do that better. They may be just oblivious to their own shortcomings. Step up to the plate and make it Make it where you'll communicate that stuff, but do not, do not go to the place where you're going to start modeling for the people around you that when leaders don't deliver, well, we just go into victim mode and start complaining. Another place this shows up is by over communicating with the lateral teams that's the teams that are at your same level so remember we're talking about leading from anywhere in the organization and we're specifically focused today on you're in the middle of the hierarchy people are above you and people are below you well there's going to be people to your left and to your right who are at your same level they're your peers as far as whatever your title or level of responsibility might be we talked about last week this idea of over-communication. If you lead from the middle, you need to apply this principle. So, for instance, there's things that you need from the department down the hall. There's things that you need from this team member that's at your same level, but they're not in your team. They don't report to you. Well, let me just ask you. Do you think you're the only person who's making requests of them? Do you think you're the only person that has needs or dependencies from that other department or other group? Of course not. So why are you going to get what you need? If you're feeling like they don't deliver on time or what they deliver is not up to snuff, it's not up to par, that again is on you. Go to them and over-communicate. Communicate why it's so strategic, how it's actually going to help them. Remember the principle from last week of worthwhile work. Make it where they see why what they're doing is really valuable because that's going to inspire and motivate them. And they'll pick doing your task over doing one of the hundred other tasks because of how, how strategic they see it to be. And then the third way this shows up of never being a victim and owning your results is over-communicate with your subordinates as well. 
Are they crystal clear on the requirements? Do they understand their purpose? Do they understand why every little tactical cog that they play in the bigger wheel is so vital to the organization's results? And then, of course, just like we talked about last week with leading down, you as someone leading from the middle of the organization are also leading down because you are leading your subordinates. So you need to be identifying and developing your successors from the moment you get started. As a world-class leader, you're going to be moving up soon. We're going to be moving you into higher echelons of the organization as you apply these lessons. And so we've got to be working on your successor. Guess what? If you're delegating, if you're building your successor, if you're pouring into them and helping them grow, do you think that they're going to be more likely to deliver when you need them to? You're darn right they will. And that's going to help you own the result as well. Let me just give you a quick story. One time I was, you know, many of you know that I spent uh, time in the enterprise software world and we sold very expensive software solutions to very large corporations. And so our sales cycles were extremely complex. There was a lot of moving parts. When we sold to a company, you're not just selling to one person. You have multiple departments that all have to buy in and you have the lead leaders of each of those departments and then their subordinates who are going to be responsible for implementing whatever they sell or, or sorry, whatever you sell. So you've got to get buy-in from them and you have multiple agendas. And then on your side, within our software company, there's so many parts as well because you have the account manager who's running the sales process and is kind of the business liaison to the potential customer. You have the technical team that's interfacing with the customer's technical team. You have a project management and implementation department that is going to be responsible for demonstrating that we can actually deliver on the solution and put it in in a you know respectable amount of time. So I'm, I'm even simplifying it just for this explanation, but there's a ton of complexity there. Well, there was a particular deal I was working on and it was in our team and I was managing a, a little group, a division within our company, and it was uh, you know responsible for a certain vertical. And I didn't own the project management people. They didn't report to me. And I also didn't own the pre-sales engineers, the people responsible for satisfying the requirements of the technical team at the customer. I didn't own them as either. All I owned was the salespeople. But guess what? In order to get the deal, in order to deliver that revenue to the company, I had to have the cooperation and the execution of the project management teams and the pre-sales engineering teams. Well, the project management teams in this particular instance were not performing. They were not delivering. But I had built a really good relationship with the pre-sales engineering leads. And so what I did is went into the pre-sales engineering leads office and I basically got him to understand the value of him helping me get execution from the project management people. And I delivered a lot of value to the engineering team. And so they in turn did me a favor and went and delivered value to the project management people that got the project management people to move 
move me to the top of the pile and give me priority and give my deal priority. And they ended up delivering and we ended up getting the deal. Now, see, I could have complained. Well, I don't own those guys and I don't own those guys and they're not performing and they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So you can't blame me for not getting the deal. But that's just not the way it works. That just leads to mediocrity. And in the corporate world, you get fired for that. I owned the number. I owned delivering the revenue for the company and I just took it upon myself to figure out a way to get it done. That's what leaders do who lead from the middle. Now, there's a couple of last quick points is beyond owning the result. The, the second point I wanted to make is you need to be building relationships laterally or sideways as much and as soon as possible. And we've talked about how to build relationship before, but let's just recap what we've learned. Let's go over it again. The first thing we need to do is go into these departments or these teams and these individuals, and we need to build value. We need to figure out how can we add value to them? Not what can they do for me, but what can I do for them? We've got to understand their goals. What are their objectives? Just remember this. Everyone is tuned into the radio station, W-I-I-F-M. We talked about that in the Everyone Can Sell series of podcasts that we did a little while ago. Everyone's tuned into what's in it for me, W-I-I-F-M. And if you will make it your goal For anyone that you meet that's on a team that's next to you or lateral to you, if you'll make it your goal to understand their goals, their objectives, and how you could contribute, you're going to see amazing execution out of those people when it's necessary because you're going to be contributing to them from the get-go. The second thing I would say about lateral relationships or side relationships and lateral departments or teams is you want to develop a healthy tension of competition and cooperation. See, competition can be really, really powerful and positive, but it can also get ugly. What I see happening is two extremes. On one extreme, people just don't compete at all with the departments or the teams or the organizations that are lateral to them. And you know what that does? It causes everyone to stay at a mediocre performance level. But on the flip side, I see the extreme opposite. People and leaders view their departments or teams that are lateral to them as competitors. Well, I don't want them to get the credit. I want us to get the credit. I don't want the boss to like them more than me. I want the boss to like me more than them. When the, when the kudos get handed out, I want them coming my direction. And so we start to see those other teams as competitors and that is very, very unhealthy and counterproductive. So you want to compete, but also keep in mind that you're on the same team with the same big objectives, and ultimately when the entire organization wins, you win. You know, what I would just say is this. Don't give a rip who gets the credit. Just give a rip that you get the results. Go get the results The credit will come in due time. So compete, but cooperate. Keep a balance there. 
The other thing you can do to build relationships laterally is compliment the people who are your peers when they're in front of somebody that they would want to impress. If they're around the boss and you're there, compliment them. If they're around the upline and you're there, compliment them. Always edify them in front of people they want to be edified around. If you're around their subordinates, compliment them. You know, one of the things that I, is very, very powerful that, you know, I try to make a point of and is just a simple analogy. Whenever I'm around a parent and their children are there, I want to edify the parent to the children because the children take that person for granted. They take that parent for granted. Man, your dad's such a man of honor. Wow, are you fortunate to have that guy? Man, do you know how hard your mom is working for your family? Man, what a blessing to have a mother that cares so much and is willing to do so much for you. That is, first of all, doing a good thing in that child's mind. But secondly, it is building up that person. And that's what I want to do. Well, you can do the same thing in the business world, in the corporate world. It doesn't matter where it is. Whenever you're around people that would, that the person that's to your side, that's your peer, whenever you're around people, that peer would want to impress, edify them, build them up, compliment them. And the flip side is also true. Don't ever make someone look bad in front of people they want to impress. Don't ever make them look bad in front of the boss. Don't ever embarrass them in front of their subordinates. You always want to build up in public. You, if you need to critique, if you need to rebuke, if you need to correct, it is always done in private. One of the worst things that a mom can ever do is de-edify her husband in front of her children. One of the worst things that a husband can ever do is de-edify his wife in front of the children. It should never happen. That's a private conversation. And it's true in the business world as well. Also, fill gaps again wherever you can as long as it doesn't compromise your own goals. It's a way to add value. Yeah, you need to do what you need to do. Yeah, you need to execute. But if you have a little margin and you notice a gap over here with this friend of yours that's running this other team and you could contribute over there, do it. They will never forget it. Fill gaps, fill gaps, fill gaps. And last but not least in this idea of building relationships with your sidelines is always give more than you expect to get. In fact, give with no expectation to get back. Just give for the value and the fact that it's right to do to give. Two last points and then we'll be done. We've talked about the fact that you need to own your results. We've talked about that you should build relationships with those people sidelined to you. Third, always deliver. Just be a person of your word. Do what you said you'd do without fail. Just like you don't want them to let you down when you need something from them because it's going to affect your performance, they're in the same boat. Don't let them down. If you say you'll be there, be there. If you say you'll do something, do it. And when you deliver, deliver with excellence. Don't have a, well, that's good enough to get by mentality. Deliver above and beyond 
what was asked for. You will very quickly get a reputation as the guy or the gal that people can count on and that always goes the extra mile. And you have no idea what that's going to do for you in terms of your influence within your organization and your positioning when they're looking to move someone up in the hierarchy. And last but not least, I already said this, but I just want to reemphasize it. Don't care about credit. Just get results. Results are everything. You know, we learn in school to look for accolades. School does a great job at teaching us how to get rewarded for something that we've already learned or something that we can regurgitate. The world doesn't reward like that. The, the world rewards how do you perform when no one knows the answer. When you've got to go create the answer on your own, when you've got to go figure out the problem and then answer the problem all on your own, the world cares about one thing, results. And trust me, it won't be a mystery very long when you're the one constantly delivering the results, when you're the one whose team is constantly winning, when you're the one who's constantly raising up new leaders and developing more people than anybody else, that will become obvious. So don't give a rip about the credit. Just go get the result, own it, and the rest will take care of itself. So guys, let's just quickly review. This is leading from the middle of our organization, and we're going to own our results. We're not going to moan. We're not going to complain. We're not going to say it's the boss's fault. It's not our sideline's fault. It's not our people's fault. It's nobody's fault but mine. I own my results. We're going to build the relationships that we need by adding a ton of value. We're going to make up for gaps, and we're going to edify people in a big, big way. And we're always going to deliver, never caring about the credit, just getting the result. I hope this has been a value to you. Again, I hope you'll go back and listen to this plus the previous episodes repeatedly so that you can master these ideas. And guys, next week we'll talk about leading from the bottom or leading up. And 100% of human beings lead up. So it's going to be a very, very valuable lesson. Can't wait to be with you again. Until next time, God bless you guys. Go change the world. Bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed this audio program. For more resources to further your development as a world-class leader and for success strategies and tactics in all areas of your life, please visit scottrossonline.com. And be sure to connect with Scott on Facebook and Twitter using the ID at scottrossonline.com. 